Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show. Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We are bringing to you Humble Forager tonight. We'll talk through a little bit about who they are, um, and we're going to be talking about comforting techniques. Mm-mm, comforting techniques. <laughs> so this should be a very comforting episode. Let's, yeah, we'll, we'll go it's, with that. It's only Monday while we're recording <laughs> this, and yet I do feel the need to be comforted. It's uh, been a so. long day. Like, like a long, long Monday. Monday. Yeah. Even for a Monday, it's been a long Monday. So yeah, Agreed. I think it's appropriate that this is what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. So yeah. All let's right. uh, let's get it yeah. going. So tell me, what uh, brewery are we going to enjoy tonight? So we're talking today. about Humble Forger tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to open up the first one and then I'll give you a little background. So we're going to be drinking one of their Elevated Perspective line. And this is a Triple Oat Imperial IPA. It's a lot going on here. So I have yeah. never had either of these beers that we're drinking tonight. I've had a number of beers from Humble Forager, but, but not um, these. it's been a bit. So Humble Forager is actually new. So it actually launched in 2020. Oh, um, okay. So it's, you know, it, you know, it's a COVID baby, I guess. Um, Oof, I don't like that but... at all. Don't say that again. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so Humble Forager... Um, on their cans, you'll actually see their slogan on all their cans. Think globally, forage locally. Um, they buy a lot from local companies and farms. They believe in supporting sustainable growers, um, live humbly and drink adventurously. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of their, their slogan overall. But what Humble Forager is, is they're a, uh, distribution brewery, um, the head brewer from Forager in Rochester, Minnesota, um, actually opened them because, I don't know if you know anything about Minnesota distribution laws, but essentially as a brew pub, they're prohibited by Minnesota law from selling beer in um, bars, liquor stores, restaurants. They can only distribute in crawlers, so they can't, like, they're very specific laws apparently in minnesota and they're not the first people um that have had issue with that so and here i'm going to actually read it but establishments operating as brew pubs can only sell beer at their location for off-sale consumption in growlers crawlers or 750 ml bottles so you can sell in large bottles but not in cans not in bottles not in large distribution um so in order to do that they opened up humble forager um which is brewed out of octopi in wanakee which is where untitled art contract brews as well okay all brewing out of the same facility um so that they can distribute and they're actually using the recipes developed at forager 
wow. but rebranding them. So they have three like different categories that they call them or styles. Uh, elevated perspective is one. They're essentially um, a series of hazy double IPAs. Um, then there's things that they call coastal sunshine, which is another one we're going to drink tonight, which is their fruited sour line. And then there's another one called gypsy outposts, which is essentially their imperial stouts and porters. So they break wow. them up into that and you'll see on their cans, those like terms and then explain what, what it is. That particular one yeah. is. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. What an interesting origin. Before we started, I asked Lauren uh, <laughs> where they were located uh, so that I could introduce this episode and she just looked at me and I was like well I guess I'm not gonna do this one because I don't know what that means and now I know why (laughs) yeah so their their recipes their you know inspiration and everything is out of Minnesota but Humble Forager is technically out of Wisconsin and actually their head brewer his hometown is Madison so it's right outside of Madison so um that may be part of why you know they they chose there. Foragers actually relatively new. They only opened in 2015, but then they launched this in um, 2020 to really expand their, you know, distribution to be able to distribute at all. Frankly. I was going to say, was it essentially just a brew pub before then, where you could go and you could drink on site? Yeah, you can drink on site. They also carry wine and other um, alcohols, and they have a restaurant there as well. Okay. And that's where their production is, as well as out of Rochester for, for Forager. Um, but apparently, Minnesota has very antiquated laws about distribution, So, which seems incredibly silly to restrict you know breweries like significantly like that you know like that Um, what a strange you know the whole distributor situation is so bizarre pretty much everywhere anyway so like true true when you get nuance like this it's just like oh let's make something that's already very complicated even more to an unnecessary extent yeah significantly (laughs) more complicated seems silly to me but you know yeah so um they their largest markets or at least they were were madison and milwaukee area but clearly I've been seeing this for the last year, so they've made it down to the Chicagoland area. Right. Um, so I've, you know, I didn't realize who they were, where they were, how new they were, really, until recently when we drove out to um, South Dakota last year. I, if we had time, I was going to stop at Forager, but we didn't have time. Um, but so I had kind of started looking them up then, but um, yeah, never, never actually made it there, but. So, yeah, so we're going to drink them. Their kind of slogan, besides just the things on their can, is they want us to bring them along on our great beer adventures. So oh, man. I felt that was appropriate for That's us. That's good. Okay, I, so yeah, you I drank this or took, I took a sip of this. Um, All right. You know, it's funny. I've been drinking a lot of uh, Deeper Dish by Hot Butcher, oh, yeah. and this definitely reminds me of that. Mm. It's definitely Ooh. got the same... Interesting. Same character as yeah. as that. Hmm. So it's it, it, it's interesting. It's an triple oat imperial IPA, which is just a mouthful to say. But it says right? it's got three different types of oats, um, and then double dry hopped with cashmere mosaic uh, and strata hops. So it's it's got a lot of stuff going on here. Um, it's very like. It's got a good bold flavor. I feel like. Yeah, I think it. Um, it's got like that citrusy but sweet, like rich mm-hmm. flavor or smell. <laughs> smell the aroma, yeah. Uh, and I, 
I was going to say, you know, flavor-wise, I think it's it does resemble deeper dish a little bit, but I think the aftertaste has a little bit more like zing, okay. bitter, a little bitter, a little more, a hoppy. little bit more on the finish. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as like creamy. Um, okay. I'm sure it's a hop thing. I'm sure I'm, I'm yeah. Thinking the hops of... that are in this versus the hops that are on that. Yeah, it's a very um, full-bodied IPA, though. I feel like to yeah. me more so than definitely, some other ones. Definitely. You know, like it's that's got some weight to it. That's and... my first impression when I took a sip of it. Was like this is this has substance to it. You know. Yeah. Um, well, and such a strange thing to say about an IPA. I mean, even a it is. double or a triple, yeah. like, <laughs> Still. like for the most part, you're just like, oh yeah, and you're just throwing yeah. it back, and it's refreshing, mm-hmm. and it's tastes good cold and yeah. everything like that. But this definitely has something more. It's got a more yeah. It's got a little bit more to it. It's really tasty. I actually really like it. I've never had an IPA by them. Um, I've had a stout and I've had a bunch of fruited sours. They were like my go-to beer mosa. One of them last year was to mix with. That was my thing in the summers, which I'm sure it will be again. But their fruited sours are fantastic for that. Like it's perfect. You mix it with, you know, some champagne and it's, you know, by the pool. But anyway, so that was my first foray into Humble Forager was really their fruited sours. But I don't think I've had one of their double IPAs. This is actually really good i like yeah, this i don't think i, I could drink really a lot of this it does feel a little bit heavier than a normal ipa to me but it's really tasty i think it's great like we have a 16 ounce can mm-hmm. and i think like for the two of us this yeah. would be perfect mm-hmm. to drink about half of a can yeah to share it with somebody i'd even you know buy a four pack worth yeah and do and that more than that. once um with yeah. this i think it's good i could probably drink a whole one mm-hmm. but i think what you're getting at is you'd get about three quarters of the way f- through mm-hmm. and you'd be kind of like well yeah i'm getting full yeah exactly a lot of the like the fuller body beers you almost it's not that they don't taste good it's that they fill you up and yeah. this one actually feels a little bit heavier than some of the other ipas that i've drank so mm-hmm. i definitely feel like it's good it's tasty i would definitely drink this again um if i saw this in the store i would totally pick up one of their other ipas um, but I wouldn't plan on sitting and drinking a four pack of these like you could some other IPAs. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah, Absolutely. This is good though. I'm I am I'm happy with this. You're our feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a good call. I appreciate your I choice. like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. So, so that was very comforting, right? Yeah, yes. This it just is, like comfort, actually this it is fills you up <laughs> there with you go. warmth and happiness, which is something I feel I oh. could talk about how beer is a comfort to me, which you know, it is. I mean, it is. Um, we, can't, we can't lie. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I won't lie to you. Beer is certainly a comfort to me. For me, um, you know, I always talk about my experiences growing up. And I think that if I recall, for me, comfort was in the form of like being held. Mm-hmm. I liked to be held by my mom. I wanted to be comforted by my mother. I have a very close connection to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do, but even as a child, especially, um, and that's funny because now I don't really like to be Be touched. touched. Yeah. I was going to say that. (laughs) So it's weird for me to have like moved from one like extreme extreme to the other. And, um, that's just kind of what I remember. I remember like my mother Mm -hmm. would lay down with me at night to Mm -hmm. get me comforted before bed and I would go to her for comfort if I was hurt or upset and, Um, I think as an adult, I thought about what comforts me as an adult other than beer, which I did put on my list when I was thinking of things that comfort me is, um, I like to watch, you know, 
TV shows I enjoy or something mm-hmm. that's a comfort to me. I know it seems weird. You would think I was going to say like talking it out or physical connection with my husband or my children. I like, feel like a fam- things that are familiar can be comfort. So like if it's a series or a show or something that you connect with or even don't but it's something that's familiar to you mm-hmm. then like i i can understand that like i get bummed when we finish a series of something because yeah. we have that like this is what we're going to do like i'm familiar with the characters i'm familiar with the storyline right. it's something that i know like it's almost like a loss yeah so over. then you're done and you're like well now what am i gonna do how and so I right that? i can see how that makes sense especially because sometimes it's more of a comfort to just turn off your brain and be distracted yeah almost by something um you know there's extremes there's like if you really need to talk to someone i actually don't feel like talking to someone is comforting it might have resolution or it might have like you're addressing something but comfort is not what i get from talking things i think that's reasonable i think i feel similarly about talking i do like to get things off my chest Mm -hmm. i do like to sometimes for me talking about something doesn't necessarily make me feel comfort Mm -hmm. but it will help me work through a problem yeah so either Mm -hmm. it's i talk to somebody and they offer advice Mm -hmm. or a solution or i talk to them and while doing so i realize yep my solution. And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say it's comforting. Yeah. It serves its purpose yes, and I agreed. benefit from it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a comfort yeah. to me. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is I don't really remember as a child what comforted me. Like it, I feel like we, we did talk a lot and we spent a lot of family time, but like nothing like sticks out in my head. You know, my, my mother is very affectionate and always has been, but it doesn't stick out to me as like something I needed or whatnot. I do feel like as a parent, though, my children are very much comforted by physical touch of some sort. Mm-hmm. Hugs, even when they're happy, sad, hurt, upset, all of those things, anything. Right. Like right. even when I'm leaving them for a half an hour, they insist on like coming and giving me a hug. So they are very much comforted by by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are an affectionate family, but I don't feel like we're overly affectionate. That's just how they how how they react. Um, sure. All of my children, even my oldest, who doesn't really uh, can't really communicate his needs and wants, but he will at night ask, say, mommy, lay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't really say much. So, like, he definitely likes to have someone nearby or with him or enjoys, even if he's playing by himself, which he often does, he'll drag you into the room with him and just tell you to sit down because he likes having someone around him. Presence is a yes. comfort to him. yes. Very much so. Um, so, yeah. So for our family, it's very much being around each other mm-hmm. seems to be comforting. Mm-hmm. I will say that I feel more now that I'm comforted by, like, a hug or something like that, actually. Okay. And it depends. Like, if I'm really stressed out and I feel like everything is going wrong, then I need a hug. Like, I just do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, sure. Yeah, totally. Um but I also get the like comfort of of people and things and those kind of familiarity. Like I read books a ton. So like if I'm reading a series of books, like I will 
it will calm me mm-hmm. to like continue on with a story and have again maybe it's a distraction or you're living vicariously through you know a story which similar to tv or movies those kind of things to me i think are partially a comfort because it does take you away from whatever it is that you're worrying about it's like that distracting piece of it to me as i'm an adult is more comforting for kids it's not the same. It's just, I need a hug. But for adults, I feel like the distraction is almost part of the comfort. So, yeah. Well, I, I think I'm getting at the same thing with television is yeah, that yeah. I think that, so like when I do that, it's like I watch something that I've seen before. Okay. It's not generally like a new movie or a new show. Yeah. If I'm just like having a rough day, mm-hmm. I'll turn on an episode of something like Ted seen. Lasso. Yeah. Like you've seen, yeah. <laughs> that I've seen because I know I know what's going to happen in it and that is a comfort to mm-hmm. me. Predictability is a comfort to yeah, me. Yeah. I I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I and I'm thinking like through like times that me and my husband have been sitting down and depending on my mood, like if it's been a rough day and I'm stressed or whatever, I will not never pick something new to watch. Yeah, I'm the same way. Because then I have to pay attention and think about it and it's something new. So the that familiarity of watching something you've already seen before and know what's happening is definitely very different um, depending on my mood than watching something that's brand new. And like if I'm not in the mood for that, then I don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> Do you think you have a like a genre that comforts you in the sense of like, if you are, if you did have a stressful day Mm -hmm. and you guys are just going to sit down you're going to unwind and you're going to watch something and you don't want to watch a new thing. You want to watch a repeat of some sort. Like, is there a, is there a type of movie that you're, like, like, I like to watch stuff that's, like, super violent when I have a bad day because I'm, like, I just want to watch somebody <laughs> kill someone with a sword because then I can visualize killing someone with a sword. <laughs> I like it. Usually it's more comedy for me. I lean toward so that, too. It's comedy or, like, the Marvel movies because there's a zillion of them and right. I've seen every single one of them so I don't need to pay attention. But then every time I watch one, I see something that I didn't see before. Sure. So yeah. it's, like, I know what's happening and I know what's going to happen. And the other movie that I really watched a lot is La La Land. Oh, really? I don't know why, but what to an me, interesting, it's like, just like random, right? It's super random, and I get it. And it's a musical, and I love the ending of that movie. Like a lot of people don't, but I think it's realistic, and sure. so like I yeah. just really like it. So, and I haven't watched it in a while, but that one I'll I'll say I'll throw on, and, and you'll not a lot of other romantic comedies necessarily, but that but one that one gets you, yeah, for some reason it does. Yeah, I, don't know why. I have to say, like I said, I really like like action. Okay. I like comedy mm-hmm. as well. So, like for example, Deadpool. Oh is a yeah, good love one that for movie because it's both. It's funny and violent. Yeah. Um, I really like this movie. It's called Atomic Blonde. It's okay. with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and she's like an eight, like a secret agent type character. Which so is, it's kind of like a spy movie type. That well. it's like a James yeah. Bond type yeah. okay. thing, huh. basically. I mean, the idea is yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah. She's like investigating this situation, and that's the story of mm-hmm. the movie. And it's, I, it's just really good. It's yeah. her character is awesome. It takes place in the '80s, so the oh, soundtrack nice. is all sweet. <laughs> 80s music um it's just like the action in it is really really good Mm -hmm. uh she's like the whole movie is her telling the story of what happened so like she narrates it at times and Mm -hmm. it's just 
great. Awesome. It's just a great okay. one cool. for me. I, yeah. My husband and I agreed that it's one of those movies that if years ago when you would turn on TBS mm -hmm. and there would be a movie on and mm -hmm. you always sat down and watched it, mm -hmm. you know, because, oh, man, this is this on is again. This is on, yeah. If that was on, uh, that type of movie, that mm -hmm. would have been that something would have been. I would have stopped and watched okay. every time I caught it. Yeah, life is so different now. We had to, like, actually catch movies, songs, things. Like, <laughs> I, right? I mean, you <laughs> know, I just remember, like, you turned TBS on and, like, yeah. The Princess Bride is on and you were like, oh, sweet, nice. and then realized yeah. that the part that you love the most already cut happened. cut out or happened or and whatever. And you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to watch it anyway. But, but I'm super I bummed it. that I missed <laughs> the rhyming part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Man. But to get around back to we were talking about back your to, yes. kids <laughs> and comforting my oldest is, my nine-year-old is, is like kind of like your kids and like I used to be. He likes to be held. He likes mm -hmm. some physical comfort. I can tell. Mm -hmm. there, he's, because he's getting older, he resists it a little bit, you know? Sure, he wants sure. you to be cool. Yeah, like He's I know. starting to get like that a little bit. Yeah. But I can tell that even just like, patting him on the shoulder even just like rubbing on his back just for a second just some sort of physical just, contact yeah just contact calms him okay you know yeah. if especially like if we have a disagreement he mm. and i mm -hmm. and he's upset if i if we part ways and we're frustrated and then we could you know we get back at it or whatever mm -hmm. if i want to make peace i know that if i sit down next to him and i put my arm around him and i talk to him mm -hmm. he will be comforted by that okay. yeah my seven-year-old is a mystery i have <laughs> i i sometimes think that i know what comforts him and mm -hmm. then i he reminds me that i have no idea you try it and you're like nope that didn't work when he <laughs> was a baby and he was in the hospital i would hold him mm -hmm. and he didn't want me to hold him okay. as a newborn baby <laughs> they would come in and he would be sleeping in the little bassinet like mm -hmm. every time they came to check on me and they were like is he okay? And I'd be like, he seems okay. I've had a child <laughs> he's before. He's quiet and he's and all right. Yeah. <laughs> I've done this. seems to be fine right there. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're going to leave him there. And read my book and yeah. he'll sit there yeah. and make little grunty noises yeah. and, and then I'll feed him later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And we will just be at peace in the same space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, for example, the times that he's been physically hurt mm -hmm. when he broke his arm or when he cut his over his eye mm -hmm. and he had to get stitches. Yeah words seem to be more of a comfort okay i i feel like talking to him and saying okay you know this is what you know we got to go to the doctor mm -hmm. and i hope you know are you all right and what can i do and do you need an ice pack do you sure. want are you hurt like in just talking through mm -hmm. when he was upset brought him down okay um but you know i think over time he has become more interested and physical contact. And I think that that is directly related to the situation that we've been dealing with. Because uh, yeah. for for the last year, yeah. he hasn't had physical contact from anyone except for yeah, his people family. people in his house. Yeah. And so I think as a result, because he's not outside wrestling with his friends at recess or playing a or team anything, sport, really, sports, or yeah. anything like that, that as a result, he craves a little bit more physical contact. Okay. And but but like your son, he really just wants us to be present. Yeah. So like he'll I'll allow him to play video games on the switch for a little while and he'll really just want me to sit down on the couch next to him. Mm -hmm. I don't need to engage. I don't he doesn't need to tell me what he's doing. 
I don't need to ask questions. I just need to be next to him. I could yeah. be on my phone. Yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you're in the same computer. space. Yeah, I that's my oldest, too. I need to be nearby. Yeah. He does the same thing with e-learning. He's still e-learning one day a week. Okay. And he wants you to be in the room with him. Oh, oh, that's a pain. I mean, it is fine, a pain. but it's a pain. <laughs> it can be very stressful. Um, it's complicated because we have another child that's trying to e-learn, and at times he needs help. Yeah. And also, I like to take showers, eat you know, lunch, eat, do things. I have to return work calls yeah. occasionally or check emails. Yeah. And it's very hard to do those things when your child wants you to sit next to him uh, at time. his desk yes. and be in the Zoom call. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. that's, yeah. My, my, like I said, my oldest definitely um, at times, he is, he is a very affectionate little boy, which is very odd for a child who's autistic mm. from what i mm-hmm. heard but he hugs everyone like he likes to hug people but he only likes to hug people for as long as he wants to and then he goes away or oh, sometimes see. he doesn't want to because we'll be like oh go give grandma a hug and like we don't force our kids to but like sure you'll suggest they're it. huggers right and he'll like allow you to hug him sometimes he'll just stand there and like wait for you to do it ah. and then other times he's like super affectionate so he's a conundrum in terms of like when that like when is the and right what level time is <laughs> like for it yeah well, and i think my seven-year-old <laughs> might be like that a little bit too because perhaps in moments where he was hurt mm-hmm. some form of like physical comfort would have benefited him mm-hmm. but maybe not at the same level as just like when he just wants your presence around yes. yeah. like yeah, that he's it, just he varies, you know. Yeah. That it just varies with him. Yeah, well, maybe we all do, but you know, it just true. seems the yeah. most obvious yeah. <laughs> with him. He definitely, my son, um, he's a conundrum in every way, shape, and form mm-hmm. because he can't communicate. It's hard yeah. for us to understand. Um, we went through a really, really, really hard like three weeks where he was like possessed by the devil. Like he wasn't oh my, my child. He would literally attack us and scream at the top of his lungs and try and kick through walls. And oh like, my goodness. it was horrible. And so like, he was almost impossible to comfort him. But once he calmed down, I would read him a story or sing him a song or something. And like the repetitiveness of my voice is what calmed him down. Oh, that's so interesting. So I could just sing like I, I like jingle bells or something, or like something sure, that's just, just something that he would recognize, like a... or very repetitive books. So like the bunch of Eric Carle books, like I see a red bird, whatever that I one, ate one is, a cucumber yeah. and right. an apple, yeah. or and, to describe and... like for. You know, he'd go on and on and on for like a half an hour of just screaming and having a meltdown. But I would be saying like describing the room like, all right, the lamp is round. This is red. This is this. And just talking to him would calm him down. Wow. Um, it's not always, it's sometimes, and it's after he gets whatever out of his system. He's much better now, but, um, he's also on medication. So, but, um, Mm. he still, it still happens, but like talking to him, it's like talking him down, um, is what, what does it, uh, sometimes the twins depend, it depends. Like they always want some sort of physical touch or affection, but then sometimes they'll just want to go and be alone. So like they want that, but then they want their space. So it it just, it depends on what it is. 
if they're angry or if they're sad or mm-hmm. something like that, sometimes they just need space. Like they'll want a hug and then they'll be like, I'm going to my room. I'm like, okay. Um, and they, that's, they like, they self soothe, like sure. they comfort th- themselves, um, in whatever way, shape or form that is. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. My oldest does that now too, that you've mentioned it. He will kind of like, depart he Mm -hmm. will like leave the room and go into his room and he'll just sit in there you know and he'll read or he'll play or he'll build something something, or like you know whatever he just like distracts himself briefly Mm -hmm. by himself and i actually think it's a good thing Mm -hmm. because like you mentioned self-soothing i think for that reason it's a good thing it is and also because he's always been like really really like I don't want to say clingy. Mm. That's not the right word, but like like he had a very strong desire to always be with other people, to okay. always to never be alone. Uh. And I worried that like, you know, when the day comes where he has like yeah. real homework to do mm-hmm. and he needs peace and quiet or that he'll struggle with that. Yeah, yeah, or when he's away at school and mm-hmm. there are times where you're by yourself. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to handle those situations. Yeah. Or when you're sure. waiting for the bus by yourself. I think or there's you're... lots of times. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I wanted him to start choosing that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most of the time it's when he's upset and he kind of withdraws. But mm. the fact that he chooses that to comfort himself mm-hmm. for me is kind of a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I think that, um, you know, you can't always rely on other people for your comfort. Like you have Absolutely. to be able to find ways to do it without. Re- and don't get me wrong. Like there's lots of times that comfort to me is reaching out to someone and not necessarily talking about what's going on, but just talking in general, mm-hmm. having a conversation, you know, whatever, spending time together, doing something, having a drink together. Sure. Um, yeah. but you can't always rely on someone else to be there to do that. So you have to be able to do it on your own. So to be able to do that and recognize that and handle that at a young age is probably a good thing. Um, rather than, yeah, getting older and having to rely on other people, you know, you definitely don't want to have to have that. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like you said, while you have a purpose when you sit down and talk with somebody, it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the way you comfort yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the goal is Mm -hmm. that you want to have social interaction and you want there to be a reason for it, not just because it's good to be around other humans, but also because it benefits you. Yes. Um, yeah. I've, I've often said or <laughs> thought or both that um, as I've gotten older, there needs to be a, I, I need, this is going to sound super selfish. I need to be benefiting in some way from the relationships that I have. Oh, I don't think that's because selfish otherwise, at Otherwise, at our age, with all of the things going on with our children, with work, with relationships, if you being in my life is not benefiting me in any way, that I find it really hard to continue trying to have that person in I my life. I don't think that that is <laughs> so. selfish at all. I think that everybody reaches the point in their life, and I don't know if having children triggers it mm. or if it just gives you this perspective that like now your time is limited. Yeah. So if you're going to have free time, spend that free time doing something you really want to yes. do. Yes. And I've made that. I've mm-hmm. asked myself that question. You know, we all occasionally have the moment where you you kind of run into whether it's somebody friends you on facebook Mm -hmm. or you see somebody through a mutual friend that you haven't seen in a long time or something Mm -hmm. like that and the possibility of like 
interacting with them, meeting up with them, mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee or going out for a beer or socializing with it, going out for dinner or something mm-hmm. like it comes up. Yeah. And you, I you ask to yourself, myself, do I want to spend my time doing this? Do I want this person to become yeah. my friend again? Yeah. Like I will ask myself that I question. Totally. Do agree. I have a strong desire to become mm-hmm. friends with this person again? Or is it just nice to know that they're still around and hey, yeah. it's cool to have seen you? Yeah. I have like, no animosity towards people, but there's definitely only sadly a limited amount of time that I have for social interactions. Yeah. So I really have to prioritize. Yeah. It. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, that's just life. Honestly, everything in our lives now is what's your priority. And that includes social interactions. I mean, it's all about quality, <laughs> not quantity. I right? 100%. I know, yes. I know that when you're young, you want to be friends with everybody. You want them to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. It matters to you if someone's not friends with you. I remember the kids that weren't oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I remember the ones who were downright mean. Yeah, for sure. And I also remember feeling a little bit inside like why doesn't this person like me yeah like why why doesn't everybody like me that's and now yeah. i'm sort of just Being like younger uh, definitely you you do have that desire for for people to like you yeah um i definitely don't have that nearly as much now that I did when no I was no me neither i mean <laughs> i still think that i am occasionally guilty of like i i'm a worrier so like every yeah, once in a too. while you know, like I tend to put my foot in my mouth. So like <laughs> once in a great while, I'll like make a joke or I'll tease somebody mm-hmm. and I'll be thinking about it later. And I'm kind of like, oh, like, that was maybe too rough. Mm. You know, maybe I said something. I crossed the line a little bit mm-hmm. and they didn't react like I did. Sure. But also people tend not to, you yes. know, they tend to just kind of play it they off and get out that of or the situation. Not, yeah. Yep. Fair. And so I, yeah. you know, there have been times where that has happened. And now when it happens, I just kind of knock it out right away. And I'm just like, hey. I don't know if I sounded a little snarky earlier, but I didn't yeah. mean to. Yep. I was just joking around, but I feel like maybe I overdid it. Yeah. I want to make sure you were on the same page that I didn't yeah. mean how it may have sounded. Yeah. yeah no. Because either they felt like I crossed the line and me saying something is going to fix that immediately mm-hmm. or they didn't and they don't And care. it's not going to hurt. And yeah. they're not going to be mad at you for thinking that you stepped yeah. on Something. I do really value people that are just straightforward at this point in my life. Yeah. Like, I'd rather that than be either beating around the bush or passive aggressive or absolutely whatever else. I don't have time for that. And partially that's just because, I again, back to the we have limited time, you know, outside Available. of our responsibilities yeah. in that. And I do, I do often get comfort from my friends, depending on what that is. But again, I I want people in my life that I'm going to benefit in, from in some way. And that's not like getting things. That's just like having someone that you can count on or someone that you can talk to or someone that you enjoy their company. I mean, they have to like, make you happy. Yes, You have exactly. to be happy to be the around people them. people that you keep in your life have to make you happy. It if has to make you happy yeah, that they're there. There's no point in doing it. Yeah. There's like 100%. You I don't... Can't, yeah. So mm-hmm. they can't be a stressor. They can't add to your nope. your frustrations or your sadness. They Agreed. are hurting you. Yes. No. Those people are not worth my time. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So Let's I'm going to open this beer. other beer. That was really loud for some it reason. It was really loud. I like my ears popped when right? that opened. <laughs> Weird. All right. So this is one of their coastal sunshine um, categories. It's a fruited sour. This one has a whole bunch of stuff. 
Blood oh orange, tangerine, cara cara orange, pink grapefruit, key lime. It's literally fizzing in my glass. Also, the um, head is like really orange. Yeah. Like it's, it's Meyer lemon not... calamansi. I don't even know what the hell it is. Oh, man. Alrighty. It sounds like we missed our opportunity to do the weird fruit episode oh. while drinking this. Yeah, fair. It's literally fizzing, though. Like, I don't even. There's some carbonation going on here, I guess. Something? I'm just reading all of these things that you said. I feel like I kind of know what all of these are, except for that. The last one. Last thing. I don't know what that is. Is that? Yeah. What? I don't know what that is. Is it? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have questions. I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. But I can't put them into words. I'm just confused. Let's drink it. Calamansi. What's calamansi? Calamansi. It looks like a lime. It's a. It, or it's like a lime or a, a lemon. It's citrusy. Holy cow. It smells It's cultivated in the like... Philippines, in case you were curious. Okay. I'm definitely getting Ooh. like orange and Blood orange. Totally right? getting the blood orange. Blood orange? Yeah. Grapefruit. It's a... I'm trying to smell grapefruit. I don't... I don't smell the grapefruit. I, the blood orange is, is dominant to me. Yeah. Right? All right. Let's yeah. taste it. Right. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> This is I such taste... a weird combination of fruits. Okay. <laughs> I definitely get grapefruit in, the, in taste. the taste. For sure. Yeah. There's like. I think I get some of the lemon. Yeah. Because it's a tart. It's, it's a really tart. tart flavor. So it's I got think the, the tartness the for sweet sure. Orange. And even tangerines is are pretty tart. Offsetting but some like, of. Yeah. But like the sweet orange that we get in the smell is really kind of like knocked out. By the flavors of these stronger, like citrus fruits. Yeah, it's like I, I like it though. I like it, and the thing is that when you first take the sip, it's almost if you didn't know what was in it, you're kind of like, "What is this?" Because it's, it's a such weird a mixture. weird mix of a bunch of different fruits and sit very citrusy. But I don't know if I could pick out everything in it because Mm -mm. it literally just all combines to make this like very unique flavor yeah i mean i think without knowing what's in it i would guess some type of orange yes agreed and i would definitely guess grapefruit Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd guess the key lime no if i'm not getting that one a lot yeah but i could see where the tartness of that might offset some of the other i feel like it's a good blend of flavors to get at something that actually i think is very tasty but you can't i can't i can't and maybe i don't have a sophisticated enough palate but i can't pick out each of those individual flavors no at all. i cannot you know i have to assume that i'm crossing my fingers that i'm right about this <laughs> i have to assume that when a brewer puts together something like this that it's not because they are trying to challenge us. No. <laughs> that it is because they enjoy the combination of these flavors mm-hmm. and what they create together and not yeah. necessarily what they are individually. Yeah, that's and fair. And it's possible that when they were coming up with this, they were talking about, well, we really like blood orange because mm-hmm. it has this character and I really like Meyer lemons because they have this character mm-hmm. and I really like pink grapefruit because of this. And yeah. that... The Let's thought see of what combining all of these them, together does. Yeah, yeah. creates something that they thought would be very interesting and enjoyable 
but not necessarily like On I can discern basis, yeah. every single, you no, know, this, one, I, two, three, there's a four, bunch of five, six, seven fruits yeah, crazy. on here. I really, I really enjoy the combination of them though. I it's do a too. very, really good citrusy flavor to me, regardless of, and some people might get stronger of different flavors than others. Um, but I really like this combination. It's this really tasty. This would make a crazy good beer mimosa. Right? That's exactly what I thought when I drank it. I mean, it. this is mm-hmm. a beer. You could pour it champagne into this and it would be absolutely it delightful. Be- partially, partially, it has that carbonation feeling already. Mm-hmm. When you take that first taste, it, it, it gets you like that on the tongue. You could almost tell someone this was right? a beer mimosa. Yeah. And when, I mean, it, it definitely has some carbonation to it more so than some other fruited sours do. Um, yeah, this is a really, this is a really good beer. I really like. I this. really like it. I think <laughs> Humble Forager really. Uh, I don't yeah. want to say surprised me, but really impressed right? me. Yeah, with uh, their mm-hmm. uh, two choices tonight. This yeah. is great. No, I really liked both of these, and yeah, I've never totally. had either of them. So me neither. Awesome. All right. Well, if you see Humble Forager at the bottle shop, I mean, definitely give them a try. Yeah, there. It's worth grabbing it. I don't know that i've ever had any of the coastal sunshine and i've seen it yeah um and i'll definitely be putting it on my Especially radar for the summer like this is a yeah, perfect totally. beer to have in your fridge for this like a warm great. day yeah. yeah i will not be passing it up no, in the future this is really good i am i am very happy with with today so all right well humble forager guys check them out if you uh see them around and thank you for listening we'll yeah we'll catch, catch you next, you next time <laughs> bye Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all.